Booyah. What's okay. up, Mike? What up? I almost pushed the leave meeting button instead of the got it button when we started recording. That would have been bad. <laughs> so you're right. I'm, I'm excited about this topic. You talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but I want to go off of what you were saying just a second ago. So say it. So say it again, and then that'll be perfect for what we're what we're doing today. All right. So we've done like 25 podcast episodes between our old podcast, The Neat Athlete, and this new podcast, Fit Quest. And I think out of all these episodes, this topic today, which I am super excited about too, but I think that at least for me, both experientially and professionally, this would probably be the topic that I am like a most of an expert in, I would say. If, if I'm an expert in any topic, this would be the topic because I've had so much personal experience and then also the professional experience. So yeah. what are we talking about, Mike? We're, to we're talking about weight loss today, the, the two biggest buzzwords, buzzwords in the fitness industry, I would say. Yeah, weight loss, and it's been talked about a million times, mm -hmm. um, but I think that we can provide some good nuggets here. And I'm excited to talk about it because we, we don't talk about it a lot. And why, like, why is that? Yeah, so I, I always wonder about this. And so I'm not, I don't completely know for sure why this is. But we don't really, in our marketing or anything like that, focus on weight loss a lot with people. And I was talking to a couple of people recently about how to do better sales with my business and how to target my, my market better and all that kind of stuff. And most of the time when I talk to people about sales, they're surprised that I don't talk about weight loss as my like number one marketing thing because I used to weigh so much more. And I work with a lot of people on weight loss and it, it just seems obvious basically. And the same for you, like you don't talk about weight loss that much and you've had a weight loss journey of your own. And we talk about things, honestly, a lot of times when we're talking about things, we're talking about them in the context of weight loss, but we don't say weight loss and it's not obvious that it's weight loss that much. So I felt like it would be really useful to actually have talk about this today and just go in depth about it that much but I wanted to I wanted to start with like why don't you think we talk about it that much right 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 because both of us and at least I'll say my story but I think it's pretty similar to yours like mm -hmm. from an early age I was fairly overweight so and I'm saying up until about 14 years old I was I was always overweight and then around 14 years old, I, I lost, a, I, I started losing weight. But anyway, I'll get into that story in a little bit. So the reason why we don't talk about it all the time is because I think we've, we've gone through that weight loss battle so much that we've learned other things about weight loss that be, have become our focus that creates weight loss as more of a side effect than yes. the main goal Boom. yes exactly i'm so glad you said that i'm glad <laughs> i am. yes because i was trying to think of a long freaking way to get around to that point and that's that's it really and that's so true and and i want to kind of drive that home right at the beginning here uh, and and i think that's why there's this weird paradox where like the people who've been successful even with other skills you know they don't talk about that skill directly because they found through their success 
that focusing on that thing doesn't actually get them the results they want as well as focusing on the things that get them there. Right, right. Right? Like if you focus on the, and this is people who like to measure a lot and who and we like to track a lot. Yeah. But like it, it can become all encompassing and you get really blind, I think, if you just focus on weight loss, like you're just looking at the scale basically. And I, and I know people know that. Right. Right. But like they know that and we talk about knowing that and we talk about these other things, but I just need to reiterate that because even though you know, it doesn't mean you act like you know it. And you got to get practice acting like, you know, it. And at first it's a lot like acting. I think, I think you're, you are acting. You're not like being true to your, your, your real concern, which is the weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You definitely want to lose weight. Right. You definitely want that to happen. And it feels counterintuitive to not focus on like when that scale and that number changes, you know, and, and that scale and that number does need to change, but there's a lot more to it than just that. And so we're going to go through that a little bit today. So I have this little theory that I've kind of glimpsed on before, and it's about goals. But so there's something I think about wins and losses when you first start trying something. So so when you first start to go down your weight loss journey, you're focused like on either goals, smart goals, or you want to get a win. And Mm -hmm. you're also a little bit worried about the losses, right? right? Like, and that's for almost any of your, anything new, think about anything new that you've started recently. Like, even if it's something like a learning path, a certification, you're really trying to get certified, you know, you want to get that win. But once you get past that certification point, you're not trying to win anymore. You know, you're just, you're just trying to kind of, to, to live through it. And so I think when we've gone through those weight loss phases where, so I lost 85 pounds at my max and 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 it felt like a win right but mm-hmm. na- now now i don't i don't really think like that i just I, like it's not a win or a loss to be up or down on my weight it's just kind of it 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 is what it is and so right. it's not it's not like that big thought anymore in my head and and i think you can relate that to a lot of things in life and i think that's kind of the issue that that might be happening there yeah that makes sense i think so I think so. I think because you have these phases, you know, with, with any kind of change mm-hmm. that are just parts that you have to go through to get to a good maintenance phase, you know? Do you know the trans-theoretical model of, of change? You know, I don't know that, Mike. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> So it has it has a couple different stages. There's a pre-contemplation. Yeah. Okay. So you're not even thinking about thinking about something. <laughs> pre-contemplation. Then there's contemplation, thinking about something. Okay. And then there's preparation, preparing to do that thing. Okay. Then there's action, actually doing that thing. Then there's maintenance. Okay. Right. If you don't care about changing it, you're in pre-contemplation. Okay. If you care about it and you thought about it, but you haven't done anything to prepare for doing it, you're in 
pre-contemplation. I mean, I'm sorry, contemplation. If you're actually preparing and getting stuff together, like getting clothes, looking at your schedule, talking to people, finding support, those kind of things. And each of these stages require different tools and different mindsets, Mm -hmm. basically. And man, I used to be super rigid about this because, because I did this naturally. And then I found out about this and I was like, this is the holy grail. All you need to do is know how to get from one stage to the next and what the different tools are. Right. Basically. And I still use that to this day and it's still really powerful. So if you want to look it up, look it up on Wikipedia. Really useful information, basically. But it's not the it's not the whole thing, but it's a big part of it. And I think that addresses a little bit about what you were just talking about, which is people are in like the contemplation stage. And in order to get to contemplation versus act to preparation is a certain set of tools. And then to get from pe- preparation to action is a certain set of tools. And some of those tools are the same, but some of those tools are almost the opposite. And now, true. Okay. So do you think that at least maybe, so let's do the 80-20 principle. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people go to the maintenance phase and then mess up and then they almost have to go back to like pre-contemplation or contemplation or preparation again and they kind of cycle through that and they never get to i think the last stage is termination right yeah termination if we're using it as an addiction model yeah okay and so so that's interesting because i do think like i like i love things like this you know but I I, i do think that putting these things into these boxes creates this now, now, like now, now, you know that you can go into each one of these phases, but I think there's just this bigger problem that even if somebody knows this, they're mm-hmm. always going to go into that cycle. And we know this because there's 80% of Americans don't even exercise or anything like that. So, I mean, we, we know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. So why don't people go through this and use it for something like weight loss? <laughs> like, is it all about education or is it all about, you know, what is it about? Like that's well, the- at- at first, I actually, when I first came out of school, I was working as a trainer in school, but I felt like people weren't educated enough. And But there's a strong bias with a young kid going through school thinking that, you know, but I did go in as work and, and like after school, the first job I wanted to get was as a health educator. And I still think there's a possibility in the future I might go into teaching more. You know, and that's what your degree is in, right? My my master's. Yes. My master's is in public health and I could teach more because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I have more opportunity to teach because of that, I would say. So, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It's in the back. It's it's one of those things, but I I like being with people a lot right now, you know? (laughs) Well, Coach Mike's School of Fitness sounds really good. So I think I know that's that's up there. Yeah. (laughs) That's up there. Part of the thing is like why I do these podcasts though. This is my teaching time. Right, exactly. But what was my point? Ah, okay. So when you're when you're first learning about something, I think you get into this phase where you become a zealot a little bit for it and you want to teach everybody about it. And I think that's kind of what I got into. And so I went into that teaching role a lot. And then I realized that education is really useful 
and this is going to be a duh kind of answer when I say it. So it's nothing innovative here. Okay. But it's useful to hear. Edu it's really useful to have the knowledge, but you have to learn how to create habits and routines that, that help you apply that knowledge. Right. So, and I've been trying to do this more with our work, with my workouts, with my clients, actually a lot more like if we're working on things to help them walk better, right, then I want them to think about the exercises we do when they're walking. So that way they can take the skills that we learn in the gym out on their walk because their walk, they're going to get a lot more repetitions than they do at the gym. So whatever they do in their walk is going to tell their body what they, what, what they want their body to do. So you need to, if we don't, if we don't transfer those skills at all, if we don't apply them in a aware way, then it's the, all the education's not going to matter. You know, like there's a lot of people who are heads of health departments that are not healthy. That's very true. You know, so the application is much harder. And for whatever reason that is, I'm not trying to like show, say people are hypocrites or anything like that. But. That, so that's, that, that's why weight loss is hard. So, so how, so how can we get into this weight loss a little bit and kind of start, start people's journeys? And that's why I think we don't talk about weight loss a lot as well. So we talk about this part a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you listen to any of our other podcasts, we talk about, okay, what are the small baby steps that we can take or the minimalist exercises or routines that we can adopt that will help us just get into this lifestyle type approach mm. where we become more aware and we're able to actually apply the knowledge. Because I know there's a lot of information out there, but everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but most of the people we train, if you ask them just basic quality knowledge about like healthy behaviors, they know what healthy behaviors are for them. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, and I'm not talking about like, oh, I got to take like my bulletproof coffee in the morning. Then I got to have my meditation routine. And then I got to, you know, like all those little like weird, like hacks and whatnot, which are neither good nor bad. I'm just saying that like, you need to drink enough water, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to get like good quality sleep. You know, you need to not be in fight or flight all day long, every day. Right. You know? You need to you need to eat whole food and and food that doesn't have to be explained to you with a lot of different ingredients and labels and whatnot. Like you could like you recognize what the food is or you like can get that food easily, like real food, yeah. you know, as much as possible. But that and was and then even then we start getting complicated, right? Sure, exactly. I mean, that was my one of my biggest lessons. I would say my top five uh, mm -hmm. from from my weight loss was was at the beginning of weight loss, I was really focused on everything that society says about weight loss. Like, you know, you can get uh, this thermogenic pill yeah. uh, to help. And then, you know, All the make, hacks. make sure you What's get, your, make sure you get your protein and protein is important. Not saying it's not important, but the big difference now, and like say the past four years is I don't even take protein powder. I don't take pre-workouts. I don't take those thermo, anything, anything like that. The, the biggest switch, even going from being in shape and, and weight loss, right? Like, so, so you can lose weight by 
doing one of those fad diets that are like how many of those fad diets are just you you take a protein shake for breakfast and then you take a protein shake for dinner and then you have a small lunch right like you can lose weight like that right but that is not sustainable or anything like that so my biggest lesson is just to focus on my nutrition focus on whole foods like you're saying i mean and that that took me 10 years of quote unquote being healthy before i shifted into really being healthy and once you hit that shift then weight loss kind of evens out a little bit and 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 it makes it a lot easier and that was one of the biggest lessons i have for sure yeah and i think a lot of people almost have to go through that phase you know it's rare that I actually talk to somebody and I, I see that they're receptive to the simple things. Yeah. You know, and I think that has to do, and I'm, that's okay. That's fine. Like, don't feel scared about like talking to people about the hacks and all the weird things that you're thinking about doing. I think it's good to experiment, for example, but those things can, can pull you off the path. That's the most sustainable. Right. And it's, it might take you the typical amount of time, which is like five or six tries, you know, of, of trying out those different things until you actually find the right path that feels right for you. Right. But if you're not doing the basics, it's going to be really hard for you to keep the results, I would say. Right. So taking our 20 year journeys and lessons that we messed up over the first 15 year journeys and just learned over the last edge, like that's a huge one. And that, that can, that can, you know, take 10 years from somebody, just think of somebody who's 20 years old, who's just like taking two scoops of pre-workout and then has his protein bottle walking around. If he just goes to whole, he or she goes to whole foods and, and, you know, make sure he gets the water make sure they're not staying up too late at night. I mean, you do that all throughout your 20s. I mean, you're going to be in great, great, great position and great health going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes people elite in most athletic endeavors, honestly. And they just don't talk about it that much because they're the simple things. But if you ask them, you know, like I see a lot of these athletes in these longer form conversations get interviewed. So that's when these kind of topics come out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm like super dialed in with making sure I get enough rest. I'm super dialed in with making sure I eat quality food. Like they'll still eat junk food here or there, you know. But even when they eat the junk food, they instinctually eat it like at the best times and, and all the stuff that the hacks, you know, are right. say are good things and whatnot. And, they're, and they just do instinctually, you know. Yeah. But the basics, they all are really good with at the elite level and they and they tell you a story about how it took them a while to figure out how how important those basics were you yeah. know but they learned eventually you know and a lot of people don't ever learn well to perform highly you either have to learn and start or you're you're going to fall off like right. in life you know if you don't do that performance and i'm not saying it's that hard it's just getting good at but you don't get that feedback in life as, as as much you know because everybody around you isn't isn't trying to be you know isn't trying to be good with their simple things everybody around you is trying to be is trying to do like the newest coolest thing yeah i think tenor and i think also 
for a lot of people, five or 10 pounds is hard to kind of notice. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so weight loss on either end mm-hmm. can, it, it, you know, it's not instant until you start noticing it. So you but can be two weeks out from a bad habit and right. yeah. So that's, that's something I think is really useful to put in there as like one of the top lessons I've learned is that when you're focusing on the simple things, make sure you give, you have some kind of reward in place for doing those simple things, you know, cause the simple things aren't as dopamine producing, I think in a lot of people, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not going to see the results as quickly. You're not going to lose the weight as quickly. You know, you're not going to feel as like jazzed up about a light walk as you would like a hard boot camp. Right, right. You know, you're not going to get that jolt of energy from drinking enough water that you would from a pre-workout. You know, all those things are much more immediate and higher amounts of reward. Right. That you're going to get. So you got to ha- you create that reward a little bit more externally. Now, I know that is a great way to do behavior change, but kind of the point that I was trying to make earlier, and I want you to, I want you to science this out for me, is Uh, you creating those rewards for people doing something that is simple and normal that they need to be doing, mm -hmm. is that teaching us that it's, it's kind of bad, like that it's not the best thing i mean like we're getting rewarded for doing all these things and and we're causing dopamine which triggers us which i'm not saying that chemically or anything like that it's not working it is helping us change but i mean is having that reward good or bad like shouldn't you just be doing like and not creating these goals like because you know okay if i do this then i'm going to get uh rewarded for completing that xyz or, or whatever and oh, you can go too far in terms of like, yeah, it being a, like a unhealthy game, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, if you, we both played video games to the point where it's unhealthy. Yeah. Right? So I would say yes, in that respect, but the things that you're rewarding yourself for are things that we are, our human bodies are built to get rewarded for mm-hmm. but we're not getting rewarded for in our current environment okay. does that make sense so yeah. we gotta, i i think of it like where we have a a a room room in our brain for these rewards to come in for certain pathways and then we like then we like build in new rooms and random places with a lot of these like kind of like hack type things. Okay. And, and what we don't, we don't actually take advantage of the space we have already for Mm -hmm. those rewards and they slide in so much easier and your body knows what to do with that. And then it reinforces that a lot more quickly because that's already something that's built into your architecture. Sure. Sure. So the, that's a good that's a good point but i think because it's something that is much more na- i don't like using the word natural but already part of you versus you're not like creating something new you know yeah. you're not you're not creating a pathway 
on a on a brand new like space you already have that pathway is already in for those rewards to be given for those things it's just Mm -hmm. that we're not getting those rewards in our in our modern environment as much right right you're more likely to get into a good routine but i'll have to think about that a little bit more of how i would explain that you always bring up fun questions like that well i just try i just i see super smart people who Mm -hmm. make who make goals and like Mm -hmm. and like live by their goals and Mm -hmm. then and then they just if they don't have that goal and they don't have that reward anymore for that goal then it just gets out of their mind and it's like they're back to square one and for 30 years like humans humans just keep on doing it over and over and over and over again and i wonder if maybe that pathway that evolutionary pathway that you're talking about maybe Mm -hmm. has something to do with it and and i know we're trying to hack it and and get into it and i do think it works right i mean it obviously works yeah because you're you're competing against like a super stimulus you know versus a regular stimulus i would say because just our modern environment has figured out how to stimulate human beings in a way that's much much larger than we're our architecture is built for you know and so that drives us a lot more quickly into those other areas but as you as you get healthier you you naturally if you work on those simple things for example you naturally reduce that uh super stimulus in your environment and you get ideally you get more sensitive to those more natural stimulus does that make sense yeah yeah you almost become more aware to them yeah so it's like if i okay so caffeine here's a good example somebody's really used to having lots of caffeine right and we're talking like three or four cups of eight to ten ounce coffee a day right right okay so that would i would consider that a good amount of caffeine right or like energy drinks like a couple of energy drinks a day if you're a young young dude clanging and banging in the gym (laughs) (laughs) so after a while one little like shot of espresso isn't gonna do shit for you right right but if we can maybe get you into activities that give you more energy, or maybe you're like really low on vitamin D or vitamin B or something real simple like that, you know, like you're not getting quality nutrients, you yeah. start getting some quality nutrients in. And while we do that, we reduce your caffeine intake, or even sometimes people forget to have that fourth cup of coffee, right? right. you know, oh, and then I forget to have that third cup of coffee. Oh, and I start, I start getting these natural rewards more. From, from those good behaviors. And it's less, it's way less caffeine. Right, you know? right. Like maybe I'm, maybe I'm having tea and it's 35 milligrams of caffeine, but you have to, you have to almost uh, desensitize or you have to resensitize, I guess. Yeah. Do those more natural pathways. Right, right. There you go. Does that help? Does that, does that more clear? It does. It does. Yeah. I like it. It's, it's just, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, just some of us react differently because, you know, I have some very, how many successful friends do you have when you ask them about like how they set up their day and how they do this? And yeah, they, I would say their load, I would say their load is way too high. Like, their well, load right. Right. Like, and they're, and they're, they're using hacks to kind of help them and it's possible to do that but how how many of them are 50 years or older 
Well, yeah, I feel like there's, there's, well, the people that I know that I'm talking about are, are a little bit older, but I yeah. feel like there, there's some people where you ask them like how they get stuff done and they just say, I wake up and I do stuff. And they, and like, you know, they're super, and like, they don't think about anything and they just, they're successful and they get stuff done. And then there's people like, how do you get stuff done? And they're like, well, I did my checklist. I did my 30 things on my checklist today and I hit this goal and I did this. And, and like, and I think that, I think that we're all just wired differently at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. That makes sense. That's yeah. why we focus more on on experimentation. That's why we always talk about experimentation. And I think both of us in our weight loss journey is, pro- for me at least, I know that's where I learned so much about experimentation. Mm-hmm. And, and I and that was another one of my weight loss kind of like like today that I wanted to talk keys. about. The yeah, keys keys victory. yeah, is, uh, is experimentation like we talk about a lot. And and I think that. Over the years, you have to experiment and because our bodies change and you're forced to do these experiments because if you just keep on doing the same things over and over, I mean, you'll notice it eventually, maybe for the first five years of training, you might be good or whatever. Usually it's only like two, but after 10, 15, 20 years, you're always going to have to, you're going to have to learn to experiment and learn to try new things because the same things that worked when you're 25 are not going to work when you're 35 or not going to work when you're 45. Right. Right. And so, yeah, the self-experimentation, I think goes hand in hand with the, with the other topic we talked a lot about, which is the know thyself thing. But I want to ask you a question about it kind of. So we both lost weight when we were younger, right? Uh, on the younger side. So when we lost the weight, we obviously didn't know ourselves as well as we might say we know ourselves now. But do you feel like when you went through that process, you got to know yourself more? Absolutely. I mean, I think those types of pro- the weight loss process for me mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, a thousand percent helped me know myself more. And because at the beginning, like when I was 15, when I had my first weight loss, which was only like 30 or 40 pounds, uh, which wasn't even my biggest one, my biggest one when I was when I was when I was like 27. Um, But when I had that first weight loss, when I was young, it really created who I was like in my mind, like I played basketball all the time, I played sports, and I was fairly had good hand eye coordination but I was unhealthy and I was slow and I would had a zero vertical. I still have zero vertical, but that's another story. And so it really created who I became for most of my life exercise. And I didn't become obsessed with exercise there uh, that first time, but mm-hmm. probably it laid the foundation. It laid the foundation because when I, when I'm, got out of college, I really started training and getting in the gym all the time, even and learning more like that's when I really started learning, like from say, like, 15 to 21 was kind of definitely winging it. And then and then maybe I started learning stuff 21 really started learning stuff 25, 26. So which came first self experimentation or knowing yourself? Or is it even like which comes first? Or do they come to, they go together? I think. Because because the self-experimentation, in order to do a good experiment, you have to have a certain amount of know thyself knowledge. 
or it might be useful to do self experiments with the thought that you're trying to glean more information about yourself when you do them. When I was younger, I was fairly, I was not self-aware, but I was smart. So I would say that when I was younger, it was more for experimentation wise. And, you know, to be quite honest, I wouldn't even say I truly like knew what I was thinking or know what I was thinking till like maybe the past four or five years. And like, and let's I, talk about, like, let's talk about know what you're thinking. Like, so like also, could you, can you know yourself without knowing what you're thinking? So do you know that like, if I don't set an alarm, I'm not going to wake up for school. Well, my belief for most of my life has been, it, I control that, not the alarm, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so I would, I mean, for real, I would think that I need to wake up at seven o'clock and I would set my alarm for seven o'clock, but the alarm right. is, I, I almost always wake up at 6.59 or 6.58. So yeah. okay. So, well, the clock might be a bad, a bad. Is that a bad example? <laughs> Sorry. I messed up your, your example. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if I have ice cream in the fridge, I'm going to eat it. Yes. I mean, the freezer. <laughs> You don't put ice cream in the fridge. That would be not very tasty, unless you like to drink your ice cream. Yeah. Well, when when did I know that, or when did I admit that to myself, or have I even? But you had to you had to learn those kind of things when you were losing the weight, even when you were young, even when you were younger, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think every time I, I was a yo-yo dieter for probably about five or ten years, and every time, every time I did that, I learned something new, and it right. was. For me, it wasn't the culmination of one or two years of losing. It was the culmination of like five or 10 years of losing, which right. I don't, I don't recommend for anybody, but I learned thousands of things. And, and, and it's interesting to know thyself for self-experimentation. I would say it, it, it is a little bit of both, but, mm -hmm. but to truly like knowing yourself is like 101 and I feel like we don't even like, I feel like I know myself. I feel like I'm a 301 right now, but when I'm 50 or 60, I'm probably going to look back and be like, man, I was like at 101 when I was 30. So exactly. uh, yeah. So, so you don't have to know yourself a lot, but you do need to know like what things help you succeed and what things help you like keep you from succeeding, you know? And I think the younger you are, the more you have to self-experiment. And the older you are, maybe a little bit less, you have to self-experiment and more you need those other things. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like almost I would recommend taking a journal of like what helps with your weight loss and what doesn't help through the years. Like I think that would be some amazing data if you just had 20 years of how your weight went up and down and like little things you learned from it. Your journaling um, is so, so, so useful. But so, that's kind of what we're talking about right near now. I mean, what's the point that you just made? I mean, that's an I think that should be our fourth point here for the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I do got to get going at 10. I just double checked. And yeah, I got to get going soon. So. Okay, no worries. So we'll like, we'll just wrap up a couple more points here. And yeah. we will get going. What else do we have to say about about weight loss? Is like, is there anything else that we learned that we haven't really gone over today? Well, I kind of wanted to go over our fit quests at the end of this today, since we haven't updated on it since last time. Let's Usually do it, we do it at the beginning, but we didn't do it at the beginning. It's, well, sometimes we do it at the beginning. Sometimes we do it at the end. Yeah, yeah. So right now, everybody's not feeling that good at home. Okay. 
Ari, Ari is teething, and I think he's got a cold. At first, we thought he was just teething, but now we think he's got a cold. Ooh. And Zena's got a cold as well, and I'm probably going to get sick soon, and Jazz is probably going to get sick soon. Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is why we're not having an out-out this weekend. I saw that. Okay. Why I'm telling everybody we have our last out-out on Labor Day, so if you're listening to this, you get a little heads up. Labor Day this, this year, 1130 on the farm. And I saw it was September 4th. Yeah, September 4th. Monday, yeah. right? Not Sunday. Monday. Yep, Monday. Okay. So I'm really just thinking about like what is the most efficient movements for me to do right now to help me f- because I'm I'm sitting more and the kids aren't feeling as good so they're watching more, you know, so I'm trying to I'm trying to get outside as much as I can right now. I'm trying to pick from my normal routine like the top like two to three movements right now that that feel the best and keep me stretched out from that chair position a lot yeah i'm trying to not go too hard with any physical activity right now i'm not trying to get my heart rate up a huge amount and i'm trying to make sure i take like immune boosting vitamins right now get and get plenty of water and get plenty of nutrients, vitamins and nutrients, I would say. Yeah, just like stack your body with as much, you know, fighting, like cold fighting stuff as you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I'm, and when I'm, when I'm like sitting with the kids or resting or we're watching something, I'm trying to be in positions, in good positions, basically. So like maybe some stretch type positions that, that feel good for me. We don't have a lot of, all of our furniture is like on the ground. It's not even really furniture. It's more like padding on the ground. So that's pretty easy place to get that kind of stuff in, I would say. Okay. Uh, And and so far, like, I don't feel super sick, but you could probably tell by my voice, it's a little bit raspy. A little bit, I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. So my voice, I don't feel that sick. I'm not trying to push super hard, but I am trying to like, just keep a couple movements in there. And then I'm trying to be hyper aware when I'm in a relaxed position for too long and try to find other good positions. Basically. Now, did you do say one workout, like a right quote unquote regular workout within the past few days and just feel really bad after it or anything like that? And then kind of decide that, or is this all proactive? I did a semi, I did a semi regular workout outside and I was really, really thirsty for like a good time afterwards. And then Zena started feeling sick, a little sick and stuffy. And then I was like, all right, I'm on, I'm on proactive mode now. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. And that's why it's useful to have your workouts going on a regular basis. So that way, when you can, when you do them and you're aware when you're doing them, you can pay attention to that feedback. I like that. I like that. And see, you're not a, you were in a program or whatever, and you're not worried. You're just you know, it, it stinks, you know, the next week, these things next, happen. Yeah, yeah, t- the next 10 days or whatever, you know, you're not going to get a lot of good workouts in, you're going to mm. do what you can just like kind of the the minimum, you know, required dose, keep the circulation good, you know, yeah. via, via movement and via movements that I'm that I'm currently working on. So I can, you know, I can still keep my skill level up, for example, but I'm not trying to get myself tired. Yeah, uh, And then I'm trying to make sure when I am resting, I'm resting in multiple positions and I'm getting lots of nutrients. 
because if you do get yourself tired, that can get you, that can really get you in trouble because like if you push it when you're sick and then now you're all of a sudden you're super tired, your mm -hmm. body develops these certain chemicals that make you a little bit hungry when you're super tired mm -hmm. and, and that can really cause those cravings to go up. And then when you're tired, you're a little sick, your, your natural body is craving like whatever is in that fridge, like that's mm -hmm. bad. You're, mm -hmm. you might likely go eat that so it's i think it's a really good thing when you're sick or just feeling sick to really focus on that good nutrition and not that bad nutrition because your body's going to crave it yeah uh, especially if you're tired and which most people get tired when they're sick mm -hmm. um, so i like that strategy man yep yep how you do how you doing with the uh, with the backwards walking so right now the backwards walking and the tib raises is all I'm doing. I loved your video. I loved your video. Oh yeah. Yeah. My little three-year-old, he's been doing the backwards walking with me when I have to do it inside. So it's been fun, but yeah, I'm kind of falling apart though, a little bit like in other areas. Shoulder. So I, I think I talked about that on the last couple of pods, my shoulder has been messed up and then it was feeling better. And then the very exercise that we talked about that we love, mm -hmm. which is the band overhead dislocates. Mm -hmm. I was just doing one of those and pop and my, my, like my front chest shoulder area, I, I heard this like pop there. And mm -hmm. then, so for about three days after that, my, I, I did nothing with my arm mm -hmm. and then it was feeling perfect. And I did some stability stuff, like some just holding it overhead, like in a, like a waiter's carry. Mm -hmm. And, and then that instantly I, I flared it up again. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty stabilizing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take about a week off of arm stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I've taken like four days off and I'm focusing on core and doing my backwards walking and the, the tib raises. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also doing my jogging still, but I've increased that to two minutes on one minute off intervals. One thing I'm learning about right now in my certified nutrition coach is are just the energy systems. I've learned I learned about those before. I mean, obviously, you know, but it's just a big thing that they're talking about. Very right in depth. I mean, you can always learn more. Yeah. I'll always learn more. So I'm, I'm just kind of focusing on try and train the three energy systems a little bit better with just my lower body and core for like the next couple of weeks. So um, like, I'm trying to do a little bit of running over two minutes. So like, like, and, and then I'm also doing some sprints and stuff. So a lot of lower body focus stuff and just trying to piece myself back together. I have some really good insights that I wanted to talk about today, but I know we have to leave in like three minutes. Uh, so I'm going to tease it, but <laughs> I, we, we had an episode, we had an episode on our last, on the neat athlete podcast about training for the seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been thinking about that a lot and I want to talk about Let's that. Let's do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about that on one of our next upcoming podcasts, because I think that one thing that I've learned over the years of weight loss and all this kind of stuff that we talked about today is that really focusing on the cycle of the year and maybe it changes. I have some theories about how it's changed, like how, how maybe I can't handle fat loss for very long anymore and how I can't hmm. handle a muscle building phase for very long anymore. Or right I, now, or right now. 
or right now. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I have some interesting thoughts around that, that I want to tease out for the next couple of weeks. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. It's pretty, it's, it's some interesting, like a really some interesting stuff. I think I've been thinking put about that, put that in the chat. So we remember. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Oh, well, it sucks about your shoulder, but you're totally doing good. With, like, that's the thing. Like you can work around things. You can keep on getting better in other areas. You just need to know when to, when to uh, fold and when to hold them. Yep. And, and not get worried about it. Right. I can, I can just kind of tighten up my nutrition a little bit more, you know, or whatever. I really want to work on my left foot. Like we talked about last, last episode. So exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So now you can put more energy towards that. Exactly. Yep. Cool. All right. Good episode. All right, man. I will see you later. Good luck with hanging out with the fam. Have fun. All right, man. Have a good week and hopefully your fam feels better. Yeah. 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 All right. See you guys. (laughs)